Welcome to With You in the NICU, a podcast for infant patients' parents and practitioners. Each episode aims to last as long as a pumping session for mom, or you could listen to several while you practice skin-to-skin with baby. With You in the NICU is produced by the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation. This episode is made possible by presenting sponsor Natus with support from Chronically Simple. Your host for With You in the NICU is Jenna Morton, a parenting journalist and mother of two preemie boys. Hello and welcome to With You in the NICU. When you're parenting a child in the NICU, you're often operating in survival mode, just trying to get through each day, each moment, and you're not always sure how to deal with the thoughts and emotions that you're experiencing. To help us understand a little bit more about how our bodies and our minds are reacting to being a NICU parent, I'm joined by Mary Bell. She works in private practice as a therapist, as part of a mindfulness team and adolescent medicine at Sick Kids in Toronto, and she's the co-author of two books on ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. Welcome to With You in the NICU. Thanks, Jen. It's so lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I'm so interested by all of these different things that I've just touched on that, that you focus on in your work. I'm wondering if we could start with just the word mindfulness and, and let people know what we mean when we say that today. Okay, thanks. That's a, that's a nice one. Um, it's a word that we hear um, a lot in coming from all different sources lately. Um, the simplest, probably, definition of mindfulness that is most commonly used in, in kind of healthcare and wellness is the one that was framed by John Kabat-Zinn. And that's kind of just focusing on being present, being here on purpose without judgment, which sort of sounds like, yeah, I'm here all the time on purpose without judgment, but actually we're not always here without an intention. We're often kind of in default mode of rambling around doing whatever. And whether we like it or not, we have these judgy minds that kind of black and white eyes things and polarize things in our minds. And we do make judgments and we don't even hear ourselves doing it often. And that can affect how we feel about stuff and what we decide to do about stuff in ways that sometimes is good, um, but sometimes is not so good. So it's helpful if we can be more observant of all of that and so more aware of what we're basing our choices and our behaviors on. I think that's so important for parents who are in a situation like the NICU to just remind themselves to, to step back and to think about what they're experiencing because it is so overwhelming and so easy to get caught up in, in all of those things that you mentioned. I'm sure. So one of the things that, that we mentioned that you work with is called acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT. What exactly is that and how might that help? someone in a NICU situation. Okay, well, it is a therapy, but it's also a way of kind of thinking and understanding the world. It stands for ACT, A-C-T, only pronounced ACT, stands for Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. And uh, that sort of sounds like you just have to put up and shut up, but that's actually not what it is at all. In fact, it's very much the opposite. Maybe the the shortest way of understanding it is kind of accept, choose, take action. Uh, The accept part doesn't refer to accepting circumstances that are unpleasant that you do have control over and could change. 
It refers to accepting things that you can't change. And most importantly, accepting whatever comes up inside of us when we're facing circumstances that are not what we would prefer. We, we, it's almost like we kind of have two experiences. We have the experience of whatever our circumstances are. And if someone is in the NICU as a parent, then I'm gonna guess those circumstances are pretty difficult and often pretty terrifying. So it's, um, it's, it's accepting what is unchangeable about the circumstances, but much more importantly, accepting what the thoughts and feelings are that come up. So we, we might have difficulty with the original circumstance, but in general, most of us have even more difficulty with what we tell ourselves about it and how we feel about it and how we process it. It's almost like um, sometimes in the, in the world of mindfulness practice, it's referred to as kind of two arrows. We have the first arrow, which is a difficult thing in our lives. And then we have the second arrow, which is what we do to ourselves about it. So I might be feeling scared, but I'm mad at myself for being scared because I shouldn't be scared. Or I might be disappointed in myself because I think I should have done more to prevent whatever this thing is that is making me very upset. Even if I didn't have any control over it, I might be still telling myself, I should have done something. And there's that should, which is that judgy kind of approach. Whenever we hear shoulds in our head, it's kind of useful to kind of hold them a little bit more lightly and think of them more as it would be nice or I would prefer because we can't always make ourselves do things that are going to fix what's around us. That's so true. It's, it, it's so hard to find those balances, I think, for yourself sometimes of knowing what is in your control and what's not. Yeah. When it comes to your emotions and your reactions, it's, it's one thing to put the physical what's in front of you. This has happened to my child. Yeah. I can accept that this is happening, but all that emotional stuff that's going on inside is a whole different level that we need to deal with as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we all have thoughts and feelings and physical sensations that come up. And what we also have is these kind of, we're designed to keep us from uh, extreme danger, immediate extreme danger. So they're kind of the fight, flight, freeze kind of components of our mind. And they tend to make us see things very right, wrong, good, bad, um, hopeful, hopeless. They tend to make us kind of see things in very kind of polarized ways. They tend to set us up to make snap judgments based on what's immediately in front of us. And that's because all of this equipment was designed to help us figure out in a big hurry which path to take if we were being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. We don't usually have that kind of situation anymore these days, but our minds don't know the difference between I have a lot of adrenaline in my system because I'm worried about what's happening for my child right now um, in a situation that I have zero control over, or I'm being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Our minds can't tell the difference. So the same kind of whole repertoire kicks in, and that gives us that very, very judgmental, very black and white thinking, which often will turn itself on ourselves and we get self-critical thinking right when we need it least and right when it's going to be very um, kind of, it's going, to, it's going to give us an extra burden that we're carrying around trying to do whatever it is we're trying to do. Yes. It, and anything that we can do to help lighten the load on ourselves while we're in the NICU and dealing with all that is, is so powerful because it really is there. It, it's obviously whatever your situation is that put you there, 
It's a difficult situation to deal with. And we need to find ways to be that advocate for ourselves, to give ourselves that break of, you know, you, you don't have to feel a certain way. You don't have to do a certain thing. You need to just be there for yourself and your child. And, and that's, a, that's a tricky one, too, because often we kind of get into a, a, a binary kind of read on that as well. Am I going to be there for my child or am I going to be there for myself? And in fact, it's both and because we're going to be much more open to an infant, much more aware of what's happening with that infant, much more able to see little details and little moments if we're not caught up in our own heads being dumping on ourselves and blaming ourselves for something if we can be kind to ourselves and allow some of that to just settle and relax a little bit then we're much more likely to catch oh look oh look something just changed there this is good this is something nice to notice we're much more likely to see it that's a very beautiful thought one of the things that we wanted to do with this podcast was for you to share a bit of a mindfulness practice with the listeners So I'd like to open it up for you to do that now. Okay, all right, thanks so much, Jen. Um, I thought I might like to share one that we call Leaves on a Stream. That's one that's often used in the ACT community. And it's a mindful visualization. So I'm gonna start by just doing a little bit of basic mindfulness practice, which is focusing on the breath. When we do mindfulness, um, just just to kind of be, be, I'll give you a little bit of a heads up about it. The the expectation is not that we get rid of all thoughts or that we achieve anything in particular. The exercise is just that we work at being present to whatever is showing up. So I'm gonna start with just basically breathing and noticing what shows up as we breathe. And then I'll do a little bit of a guided visualization through the leaves on the stream exercise. Okay, just beginning by closing your eyes if you would like sitting comfortably in a chair, getting yourselves a little bit vertical, if you can. Um, Sitting comfortably in a chair, and if you are okay closing your eyes, go ahead and close your eyes. If you prefer not to, you can leave your eyes open and just leave your gaze lowered so that you're not taking in too much from the visual field. And then just turn your attention inside. So I'm going to ask you, first of all, just to bring your attention to your breath, wherever you notice it most. You might be more acutely aware of your breathing at the tip of your nose, or maybe in your chest where the muscles are expanding and contracting as your breath comes in and out, or maybe in your belly, where you might notice your your belly going up and down, again, as the breath comes in and out. Just bringing your attention to your breath wherever you notice it, just following that breath all the way in and all the way out. Breathing in and breathing out. See if you can focus all of your attention, all all of your attention, just on your breath. If you notice your mind starting to wander away, that's because you have a mind that does that. We all do. Just when you notice it, kindly and gently detach from wherever your mind took you and bring it back to your breath. Breathing in, breathing out. 
each time your mind pulls you away, bring it back to your breath. Now I'd like to ask you to try something a little bit different. See if you can actually focus on your thoughts. Just watch the thoughts as each one of them starts to arise. Just see if you can notice as they pop up or as they form. And just see if you can see where they go. Just following your thoughts. You might be able to see them. You might notice that they've disappeared. Sometimes thoughts do that on us when we try to watch them. But just see what happens. Once again, just coming back into your body and just noticing your breath for a moment. Take a couple of breaths with mindful intention. And then I'd like to ask you to visualize a scene on a beautiful day in the country, in a quiet, quiet place. You're sitting on the bank of a little stream. There are lovely trees overhead. You can hear the wind blowing gently through the leaves. And you can hear the stream just babbling a little bit as it goes by in front of you. And then as you watch, you might notice that there's a leaf or two floating down the stream. A leaf that's fallen from the trees into the water, floating past on the stream. And then as you watch, you might notice more leaves just coming along down the stream as the water carries them. And if your mind wanders away to something while you're focusing on this picture, each time a thought comes up, just take that thought and kindly and gently place it on a leaf on the stream. Each thought that comes up, place thought on a leaf and just let it float down the stream. Just continuing to watch the stream, to watch the leaves floating by and placing any thought as it comes up onto, onto a leaf. Now I'm going to ask you to bring your attention back again to your breath, taking a breath in and out. See if you can feel your feet on the floor, your body resting in the chair or on the sofa, or in the bed, whatever you're sitting on or lying on. And just allow yourself to feel that contact with the chair, the floor, and then allow your eyes to flutter open if you had them closed. Let your gaze rest on anything that's right in the room close to you. And then bring your attention back fully into the room.
That's lovely. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. That's uh, it's very, very relaxing. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. You're very welcome, Jen. It was lovely to be here. Thanks. Mary Bell is a therapist in private practice in Toronto. She's also part of the Adolescent Medicine Team and the Mindfulness Project at SickKids and the co-author of two books on ACT, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy. You can find out more at www.marybell.ca. With You in the NICU is created to keep pumping mothers and others company in and out of the NICU. It is produced for the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation by Jenna Morton and Tosh Taylor. Financial assistance is provided through education grants from presenting sponsor Natus with support from Chronically Simple. You can learn more about the Canadian Premature Babies Foundation by following them on Facebook or online at cpbf-fbpc.org.